This episode contains some not-so-super language, and it is full of spoilers, including some major spoilers for Avengers Endgame. What the hell? What just happened? Please tell me nobody kissed me. We won. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is the show where we talk about a lot of a lot of heroes. So many of them. So many. Assemble! They're, well, yeah, they do that. They, they, they don't say it, but they, they- No, that's like their thing. Well, I guess Chris Evans sent in a text message when they were all on set, and Clark Gregg actually said it's the his favorite text message he's ever gotten. Yeah, does he have kids? I don't has, know. Has his daughter ever said, like, I love you, daddy? Still not as cool as Chris Evans texting you to right. assemble. You're absolutely right. I don't have Complete. kids. We're talking about 2012's The Avengers. The Avengers. We're back in the MCU. We did it. We're, we made it to we the We made biggie. it to the big boy. The, the first big the boy. The first big boy. Number six on the list of the MCU yeah. Infinity Saga. The end of phase one. Right. Conclusion of the first phase. We made it. Some, uh, somehow. Yeah, I, I've been terrified about this movie. Since we started this this show. Yeah, it seems, seems it's daunting. Busy. Yeah. It's a busy one. So how going on? I mean, how many other series had five other movies as a lead up? None. At least in a, a continuous story arc. Usually it's like, hey, we did a trilogy. Yeah. Movie out. Yeah. All right. Series out. Franchise out. Bye. Here it's like, no, we're, we're setting something up and it's going to be so much grander than anything. The anything ever? Balls. Yeah. It takes to commit to that. I agree. And we're not going scene by scene with this thing because it's no. way too damn busy. But do you think that the entire Infinity Saga was planned? I understand there was phase one, phase two, phase three, which we just ended now, and then phase four beginning shortly. But do you think that the arc was like truly, truly planned? No. Why do you say no? No. I, I think they just wanted to get through the Avengers first, and that's when they were like, oh, this is huge. And See they what started. happens? Yeah. 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 Because I don't think you can plan that far ahead. Not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff that I saw about the making of this, and there's a ton out there. There's, this thing this, is- We have the opposite the, problem we had the last The blockbuster week. of blockbusters here. Um, some of the stuff that I saw about the making of this is Joss Whedon, our director here, really was the heart and soul behind this entire thing. Yeah. I would say as responsible for the Infinity Saga as Kevin Feige, Fearless Feige. It seems that way. And my reasoning is because he said, I mean, Loki's going to attack New York. Right. With the, how do you say it? Chitori? Is that the name of the The, the Chitari. Whatever it is. Them. Yeah. And he's like, we got to have something behind that even. There's going like, to be something bigger. Yeah. Let me show Thanos. Just out there. And Marvel said, okay. It's funny because he actually said, like, he's not an Easter egg guy. When I read this, it actually made me think of you because it seemed like something you would say if you were directing a movie. People were like, we should put in an Easter egg. And he's like, we should put in a fucking movie. <laughs> He doesn't care about Easter eggs. No, it's one but, of those things. Easter eggs, I think, are great, but a plot's even better. Right. Why are you just going to spend all your time winking when you could just, you know- To the people who just, are going to go see it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's one of those things where 
I, I feel like Marvel likes to play a lot of games saying, like, you read the comic book, wink, this mm-hmm. is for you. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be yeah. that inclusive? And that's one of the things we've talked about in the past is inclusivity. Right. Of who are these movies who for? are they for? Turns out they're for fucking everybody. For everybody. As we've learned at this point. Everybody. And you get to do your little winks to comic book folk yeah. here and there. Well, especially but, because I think yeah. they might be the ones who are driving this hype machine to these movies. But they're also, it's a double-edged sword because they're also playing gatekeeper, which is not cool. No, I completely agree with so, that. But I think they're definitely the driving force in your hype machine to get people to go see these movies. Oh, Absolutely. So, Absolutely, but I mean, you got to throw him a bone once in a while. Was Thanos part of the plan? Absolutely not. And not he until this part movie. of the plan here when they said, not until Joss Whedon said, "Let me put purple in scrotum chin." Throw that fella in there. Check done. And then you kind of get to build it out from there. Got an angry grimace. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's all, Joss baby. He's a strange choice for a director for this one. Why do you say that? Bombs. That's, because of bombs? That's, that's good. I mean, that's, <laughs> say no more. No, go on. He did that small screen <laughs> thing for a little while with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and yep. Firefly. Firefly. Critically acclaimed, both, no one watched it. Both series, yep. huge cult hits. Without a doubt. Then he did the Firefly movie, Serenity, mm-hmm. and bomb. Big old bomb. <laughs> then they said, hey man, biggest superhero movie ever made, why don't you direct it? Yeah. And he said, Motherfucker, I need a job. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> First thing you did was say, Zach Penn script? No. No, thank you. Bye. No, thank you. Kicked it right we've, to the we've curb. We've seen that before, and uh, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> did his own rewrite. Do you think people disrespect Zach Penn? <laughs> I think if they do, it might be warranted at this point. Because do you think, I mean, he wrote Incredible Hulk as well, didn't he? Uh, I think he, yeah. Yeah, he actually had, he said something about it. Like, he didn't mind Joss rewriting the script. Because at least it wasn't the lead actor who was doing it. Right. And I understand. I mean, that's the whole reason why Edward Norton wasn't recast is because they're just creative differences. Creative differences. And we got ourselves the Ruffalo. And this is his appearance, his first appearance. As the Incredible Hulk. He's something incredible. What are your thoughts about Ruffalo compared to Norton? I've always been a big Norton fan as an actor. I think Ruffalo plays the part better. He's a very good Hulk. Very good Hulk. Yeah. And I mean, this is the most Hulk you're going to get, I think. Mm-hmm. Of he's really keeping a lid on it to yeah. quote Tony Stark, like yeah, you could tell. Well, especially he's, Tony yeah, poking him and prodding him and, and all this. Just shit. being is Tony out of his fucking mind? Totally irresponsible. He's shield out of their mind. They're getting a Hulk and they're saying, "Oh, he." I mean, Hulk even says, "You're going to put me in a pressurized tube, right, under the water." It's the helicarrier. I think it's going to go above the water, very high up. And he goes, "Oh, that's even worse." He said, "Even worse." <laughs> Why is that worse? I don't know. I don't know either. I thought he just sarcastically said, "Oh, better." Ugh. But I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. But he's such a cool choice because of his style of acting. He was actually one of Louis Leterrier's original choices. Would have been a great move for Louis. <laughs> well, do you think that would have saved Incredible one. Hulk? Do you think that would have saved Incredible Hulk as no, a movie? No. Okay. It wouldn't have been enough. In fact, probably would have had to recast Mark Ruffalo in for, with, with probably Edward Norton. <laughs> that would have been a weird choice. <laughs> not, out of, not completely crazy, though. No. In some alternate universe, that's the way it went down. A multiverse, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Do you think in a oh, how cool would that be in a multiverse? They bring in Terrence Howard and Ed Norton. <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> wild. <laughs> I would be totally down with that. Wink. Yep. <laughs> with Donald Glover as Spider-Man. Oh, man. Yes, please. It's all the things that That'd we've always hoped cool. for. Yeah. Bring it all back. And then they just immediately shut that off and go, no, no we're not going to go mind. there. Direct to DVD. 
they just give us little like windows into other universes where that stuff's happening and then they just close it immediately. It'll be like a once upon a Deadpool. It'll, it'll be just like um, the one scene in Deadpool where the X-Men show up. That's, that's right. That's what that's exactly be. it. Speaking of your Terrence Howards and your Edward Nortons, they almost went with a Joaquin Phoenix for Bruce Banner. That's a cool choice. Interesting. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then he was later rumored for Doctor Strange, of course, but. That one I don't like as much because. It's expected. Benedict Cumberbatch is damn near perfect. Crushing it. Yeah. Damn near perfect. Who do you think's the best casting out of all the Avengers slash Infinity Saga anybody? I'm still saying Robert Downey Jr. Still? Yeah. Okay. I saw it a bit more in this. Yeah. A bit more. That's fair. Uh, I think he needed friends to play with. Absolutely. to make it work oh, even absolutely. better. Also, he needed to be able to, you know, do the thing on his own and not have Pepper bail him out. No. For once. Didn't, uh, something I read said that Gwyneth Paltrow was barefoot in all these scenes. Yes. Didn't, and the Downey had a. The platforms. Yeah. He had to be on those platform shoes. So he could be taller than her. Dun, 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 dun. No, that's, nope, no peewee. Tequila. Not allowed to peewee. We're not uh-huh. allowed. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> uh, Maria Hill. Yeah. Famously played by Kobe Smulders. Crushing it. I guess she By got the, the way. she got the job. Uh, Allison Hannigan, who has previously worked with Joss on Buffy, yeah, through the recommendation from her days working with her on How I Met Your Mother, and the whole time Josh Ridner's going, "Will somebody please fucking cast me?" No, everyone else is huge on this thing except for me. No, what the fuck? I'm the lead. Ah, well, be more interesting. Don't have Bob Saget as your inner <laughs> monologue. Or as your adult voice, you're an adult, Josh Radner. You're an adult. Yeah. Makes you're, sense. <laughs> you're not going to grow up more. <laughs> anyway, Maria Hill was almost cast as, uh, or I guess Marina Baccarin, who was Vanessa in Deadpool, was yeah, almost yeah. cast as Maria Hill. Also, Jessica Lucas, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Amanda Peet were in the running. Amanda Peet's a name we have not heard yet. No. Here. That's a weird choice, but not a bad choice. Not terrible. But yeah, we, we've talked about... Ramona and Vanessa and Jessica Lucas with Tabitha on Gotham. Sure, she's, great. She's done super stuff yeah. too. One of the cool things I think about Colby Smothers that they said that they is that her name? Yep. That they <laughs> I know it's a weird name. It is. It's <laughs> not they, it's not Colby, it's just Kobe. Yeah, but that she brought to it was that when you looked at her, it looked like she had been through shit. Yeah. Like she's, she earned, she, she worked seen her, some shit. Yeah, she worked her way up to this position of I guess it's Nick Fury's right-hand man. I guess. I guess so. But at the same time, where's Phil motherfucking Coulson fitting all this? True. Because Phil's been around longer. Yeah, and he's sort of, I don't know, is he rogue in a way? Like, he has his own orders from Nick Fury, but at the same time, he's doing his own thing. I don't know. I mean, he'll How go does off- S.H.I.E.L.D. work? In the spinoff, he becomes, I mean, in the TV show, yeah. he becomes the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I sure. imagine- But how does S.H.I.E.L.D. work? I because I, I, I mean, guess it's independent of the government. You have, uh, oh God, that scene at the beginning where you have the entire NASA facility. Oh, yeah. Shot in Cleveland at a NASA facility. I thought that was shot in New Mexico. I'm okay. pretty sure that bit was shot in Cleveland. Okay. Is it? Am I getting that mixed up? Maybe. A lot of new, they did shoot in New Mexico because of, of the Thor. Because of the Thor. But for some reason, I feel like the NASA was in Cleveland because they were talking about how you couldn't build that set. You totally could. It would just cost a shitload of money. Right. It looked awesome. Well, because it was real. Everything. How about that? (laughs) Practical sense. But it's when you have the Tesseract and you have Loki breaking in to get it and you have Dr. Selvig. So it's Stellan Skarsgård. You tie in instantly. You tie everything together right right away. Right. Of multiple movies coming. Oh, fucking brilliant, man. Also, if Loki could access the powers of the space stone without having it in his possession why did he need it is it the space stone at this point 
I mean, is it? He's using the Tesseract to move about in space. Yes. But is it the space stone at this point? Or is it just the Tesseract? Is it the Blue MacGuffin? I think it's still the Blue MacGuffin. Yeah. But at this point, they are aware that it is, it's, they're treating it as a space stone. Okay. Maybe not knowing full well that they're going to be going the direction of the Infinity Gauntlet, but they're definitely treating the Space Stone and the Mind Stone as Infinity Stones. Okay. So they're respecting. Yeah. They're okay. trying to build a, a universe. Fair enough. I, I guess. Yeah, it seemed weird because watching th- this is the first time I've watched this movie in a few years yeah. at this point. I didn't go back and watch this before Endgame. I know you, you watched, watched them all. I watched all of them. Yep. Leading up to it. I did. And I didn't. I watched Infinity War and said, good enough. Nailed yeah, it. Probably, actually. <laughs> but no, because there was other things. I, I should have watched Dark World. You definitely should have watched Ragnarok. Should have. I uh, still haven't. You jerk. I haven't because I want to have fresh eyes when we watch it here. I think that's a fun one to have fresh eyes for. Yeah, I think but that's fair. This is the first time I watched this movie in probably four or five years. Wow. Which, is, I mean, it's not crazy. I've watched old Age of Ultron maybe once or twice. Same. I saw it in theaters and watched it maybe <laughs> once after. And it's like, well, that's. That's fine. I think I saw it in theaters, and then again when I rewatched James it. Spader, he's game. a robot. I don't have any issues with Spader. In no, he's movie. he's fine. I have, there are other big issues with that movie. Yeah, Joss Whedon directed it. That's when they said you, you out. Mm-hmm. But here, here, I have weird issues with this movie. Okay, I think this movie is damn near perfect. Wow, in every way. I think that this is that's the, your issue. Yeah, and I think this is the <laughs> least. Marvel movie of the bunch because this thing is very A to B mm-hmm. where Marvel kind of got known for their like big surprises, big reveals. Like, I can't believe they went there. Bah, 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 bah. And this thing is just, we have it all here laid out. We're going to have all of our characters interact with each other. It's going to be, Hey, Iron Man's going to meet Captain America. Captain America's going to meet the Hulk. Black Widow's going to find the Hulk. Right. Hawkeye is a character. He's, he's got the bows. He's going to have all of, 12 and minutes of, also of screen time. Also, Thor. There, we did it. Bam. But it's one of those things of like, it's so A to B the entire way through, and it just tells a story. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're going to have a, a first act. What's the first act of this thing? First act of this thing is we have to get all of our characters to, together. Right. No, we don't have to get them together. We have to get them on board with the same mission. Okay. We have to kind of bring them all to the same place, but not. Because we don't. Because Hawkeye gets there organically, in a way. Because Hawkeye's taken over by Loki. Right. So he gets there on his own. Yeah. It just happens to work out. But at the same time, you have your imminent threat. And the imminent threat throughout the entire first act of this movie, I'd say almost first two acts of this movie, is... I'm asking you. Oh, I don't know. It's the Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And to me, that's wild that you have your hero, one of your heroes, as as the threat. threat. Yeah. He's... The Hulk is the big bad in this for a good chunk of this movie because it's the threat of the Hulk. It's not even the Hulk. You see Bruce Banner just nerding out over science. Yeah. Just doing science yeah. things. And, and Tony saying, poking the bear. Because he wants to see how much validity has in it. But at the same time, you have Loki saying, Black Widow, by the way, I want to throw out Black Widow. Yeah. Because Black Widow is manipulating everybody in this movie. It's, Amazing. She is, man, she's phenomenal. Rushing phenomenal. It. The fact that she can trick the trickster god. Oh, my God. Oh. Into saying, like, no, he wants to unleash the Hulk. Right. And that's how he's going to fuck up the world. Oh, so that's your play. And. Oh, brilliant. Tell you the truth, it's not a hidden threat at all, but it is. No, because but it is. you don't realize that, what is the Hulk in this movie? And that's the one thing that I really struggle with. That's one of my issues. Is what is the Hulk? Sure. 
we saw the Hulk in the Incredible Hulk, and he got all big and green every now and then, and who knows what he was thinking while he was all hulked up. Right. In this one, what's going on? Because when you're on the helicarrier- He doesn't seem to be in control. He doesn't seem to be in control at all. But when we get to New York, he does seem to be in control. He's in extreme control. Yeah, to the point where he can rescue Iron Man. So what is the Hulk? What is the Hulk? The Hulk is chaos, or the control of chaos. Okay. I think I think the the big theme of this movie is chaos versus order. Completely agree. Whereas, do you consider the the Chitauri? Am I saying that right? I don't even the, know. Shatari? Them? The Shatari? Yeah. Uh, Shinobi like versus Dragon Ninja. It's an Atari for girls. <laughs> oh, it's a it's oh a boy. pink Atari <laughs> that that they're trying to sell for. It's like an extra twenty percent because what are you the talking about? Fucked up. The Sh- Shatari. Yeah, you get it from Funko Land. Oh my god, throwback. Yeah, and if you can't find it at Funkland, it's probably EB Games. EB Games still exists in Canada. Are you kidding me? Uh, EB Games is GameStop in Canada. Really? Yep. The electronics boutique. Still around. You know okay. it's not? Service merchandise. I don't know what that is. Oh. What's that? Oh, it's like Best Buy before it was Best Buy. Funkland is 100% not around, right? No. I, Am I, it's not in Canada? They might have like one store left somewhere. Like, like a Blockbuster? Like that one last Blockbuster that won't let go. One of my greatest pleasures is for my real boy job. I drive around the entire nutmeg state of Connecticut all the time mm-hmm. in Stanford within a mile of the WWE offices that's there. Yeah. There's a blockbuster sign still up. Oh, wow. How fucking wild is that? It, th- it has not been there in God knows how long. Sure. But it that but sign, the sign is holding out. Still there. And it's one of those things that just like. Throwback to the childhood. <laughs> Just like a, a remnant of another time. How crazy is that? And it's like, I worked at a video store. It wasn't Blockbuster. It was Hollywood Video. Uh-huh. Went out of business a hell of a lot faster. Way before Blockbuster <laughs> did. Why wouldn't it go out of business a hell of a lot faster? Why would you pay 25 cents to, quote unquote, insure a movie that you're renting? That's stupid. That's a stupid business model. That is pretty dumb. They're out of business. Fuck them. They yeah. can, who gives a damn? Who, who cares? I remember sitting, literally sitting there. While people were returning movies and going into the drop box that's there and taking the movies and throwing them back out the the, the little flap vest and throwing them onto the sidewalk for fun. <laughs> because it was hysterical to watch their reaction of like, what the fuck was what that? Just <laughs> it's kind of like an ATM doesn't accept your card. That's amazing. It's a, it's a drop box doesn't accept your movie. Like, no, we don't want this back. Oh, man. <laughs> Best job I've ever had. I've already seen Best job Limitless. <laughs> what we're talking about... <laughs> A to B. It's an A to B movie. Yeah. Oh, chaos versus order. You're right. It's an A to B movie. This yeah. whole thing is A to B. Yeah. It's it's a story that's strictly told to bring all these folks together. That's it. Absolutely. Nothing. There's literally nothing to this movie. Do you there think is that's no because there was so much writing on it? Yes and no. They wanted to play it safe almost? It's yes and no. And I think the the yes part is there's a shitload ride on this movie because if this works, bringing all these characters together and making sure they can all work together on screen. Mm-hmm. It's going to open the door for the future. For everything that they do. Everything. They may or not have planned. Right. But the no is that we've told all these stories before. What would it be like if these characters got together? Right. And it seemed like they were diving into the unknown, but in a structured way, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And now it's one of those things, if you don't have another superhero in a movie to kind of interact with. Right. What's the fun of a standalone superhero movie? We've talked about that before. Yeah. Of... What's the fun of a standalone superhero movie? It's hard to pull off. It's very hard to pull off in these these is, days. Is it? I think it is. I don't know. Because Wonder Woman's crushing it. Aquaman cru- is crushing it. 
Uh, Shazam's crushing it. So you just named three DC movies. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Oh, so you're going to just throw the sequel at me. I have to. I have to. Well, of course. We need to have other supers to come into this world to play. Eventually. 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 And that's a a weird thing I, I came across in this movie. And it's a weird feeling I had. Up until this point, we've had standalones. Mm-hmm. We've had Iron Man. Mm-hmm. We had Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. We had Captain America, the first Avenger. We had Thor. Incredible Hulk. And Incredible... Well, who gives a damn but, about yeah. Incredible Hulk? But here, when we get everyone together, we get the shot. Yeah. Why don't you explain what the shot is? It's the the six of them? Is that right? Is that how many there are? Thor, Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, Black Widow... Hawkeye. Yeah, the so six, six of them assembling, basically, in New York, and they all have their backs to each other in the circle. With the Alan fucking Silvestri. With the Alan fucking Silvestri. Right. This, again, I, I'll say, this is the first time I watched this movie in a while, mm-hmm. and that used to just, man, pound in that chest. Oh, I think it, it affects me more than it did when this was new, because of how repeated that theme has been since, but still. And I had the opposite feeling. Oh, really? This was the first time where I didn't feel that chest-pounding feeling. I didn't feel that, like, fuck yeah, the Avengers are here. I had a feeling of nostalgia. Okay. And that's weird. That is weird, because it's 2012. It's 2012. But is it weird? Because it's 2012, this is the sixth movie of a franchise out of 22 movies. Yeah. Well, when you put it that way, it's... So the fact is, is that this came out in 2012, we're in 2019 now. That's only a seven-year difference. Right. How many movies have been released since then? Right. 16 movies. Wow. It seems like an entire giant arc of things happening that this seemed so long ago. Right. When really it's not. Right. I was 25 when this movie came out. 24? 25? I don't know. You're not much older now. I don't know how many years. But you're not much older now. That's the crazy thing. It's like, it's one of those things if everyone says like, oh, it's been a 10-year arc. It's like, it has been, but has it But it feels more. But it feels more. And that's why it's one of those things that feels like it's almost a... A forced or manufactured nostalgia because of how quickly we got hmm. all these movies. And this, I, I had a weird moment where this thing used to get me fired up. This shot of seeing all these superheroes in one shot together. Yeah. And I mean, if you see Endgame, you see Infinity War. Oh, well, the six scale, is nothing. The scale is completely six different is not, now. Completely. Like this movie used to feel huge. But these are the originals. So much These smaller. are the originals coming together. Right. But this is where it started. Exactly. But do you think that? I mean, it feels almost like a bit of audience manipulation in a way now because maybe almost forced nostalgia of this feels so long ago because of how much has happened in the story since this happened. But it hasn't been a long physical time. The one thing I was able to compare the MCU to the Marvel Cinematic Universe to was the James Bond franchise because we did 22 movies in the MCU. Sure. There's 26 movies in the James Bond franchise. Makes sense. If you go back. 16 movies in James Bond from now, you're getting Roger Moore's third movie with The Spy Who Loved Me from 1977. So that's a character that's already been around for 15 years. Yeah. And they're only on their second Bond. Wow. They're only on their their 11th movie. So my question to you, Brian. Yeah. Do you think the MCU forced it? I don't know that it's forced. I think they were just successful and had the means. And just kept going? And just kept going. And just kept rolling with it? Yeah. But do you think that these older movies now, and I'm calling them older in air quotes because they're not old. Right. They're not old at all. Right. This whole universe started 10 years ago. It's Do they feel old? 
story-wise, I want to say, yes, they feel old. But? But as far as as the effects and everything, they don't feel aged. No, I completely agree. They don't feel aged at all. But it feels like 2012 was a hell of a long time ago yeah. because of how much has happened. I mean, 16 movies have happened in between The Avengers and Endgame, which we just witnessed. I mean, do you think it has anything to do with that five-year time jump in Endgame? No. I sincerely don't care about the time jump within the story telling of any of this. Okay. I'm talking about the production aspect of it, of where you're looking at 2012 to 2019 release dates. Sure. There's been 16 movies in seven years. It's it's A, impressive, B, insane. Also, there was six movies in four years leading up to it. Yeah. So, right. so they, how nuts is that? They more than doubled their pace. A hundred percent, but it's, I mean, how crazy is that? How does that make you feel? Watching this back again. Because, again, I said it feels nostalgic. Which is weird. And it shouldn't. Right. It shouldn't. I should be able to turn on fucking Ren and Stimpy and feel nostalgic. I should yeah. be able to turn on <laughs> anything from my child and feel nostalgic. I was fully an adult when this thing happened. So there's nothing from 2012 that makes you nostalgic? Not really. Huh. Not really. Because it's not that long ago. That's fair. So why does this moment, this shot of seeing all these characters together have a nostalgia factor now. And that, to me, is fascinating. That is. That's incredible. Is it just because they've accomplished so much in-universe? Or is it... I don't know. I got I got nothing. And I know it was a big deal when the MCU hit, like, 10 years in, yeah. in 2018, last year. Yeah. 10 years is not that long of, of amount of time. But right. I understand you're building a universe out. Up until that point, you only had... Too. You had 20 movies in that 10... In those 10-year spans. That's amazing. That's... Yeah. So why does the MCU have a nostalgia factor this quickly? I mean, it's not even out of it because we're not out of it. We're still very well within it. Right, right. Maybe it's because so much has changed. I can buy that. I mean, it's the stories were simpler back then, for sure. Oh, without a doubt. That's 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 it. That's all I that's got. All you really. Got. I mean, that's you're not wrong. You're not leaning because you feel. Your, I yeah. definitely felt nostalgic. I don't know that that was... But why? That's the, that's the fascinating part of this movie. I don't know that it was forced, though. Yeah. Is there a reason to feel nostalgic seven years after? Because when I think of nostalgia, I think of Turtles. I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as we discussed sure. with our good buddy Sean Nerdy Thursday. Go listen. I think of that, of what I grew up with. Yeah. I don't think of 2012. I think of 90s. Well, yeah. Why is there that big of a gap in nostalgia? I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a, a timeline on nostalgia. Maybe it's just reconnecting you to emotion you had seven years ago. And it feels weird because you're not used to it, but it's a real moment. That's very fair. I can appreciate that. Who knows? For sure. That's bonkers. I love it. Yeah. Because you're not wrong. Maybe part of that nostalgia comes from knowing that there's no more Tony. There's no more Cap. There's no more Stan. I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed. Well, speaking of Tony. Robert Downey Jr. really wanted Joss Whedon, when he rewrote the script, to make it a Tony Stark-led vehicle. Sure, sure. And uh, they tried it. They actually tried it. They were like, hey, I guess. they." Tony was like, or Robert Downey Jr., they're the same to me. They're the exact same to everybody else. He's too, like, so. He said, I need to be in the opening sequence. Tony needs to drive this thing. And Joss was like, okay, let's try that. And it didn't work. And then Robert Downey Jr. was like, ah, I guess it's not going to work. So we'll do it the way. It's supposed to be done. Robert Downey Jr. is a weird team player. Weird. He's going to collect like, the biggest paycheck. He's going to show up and say, this needs to be about me, but if it's not going to work and it's going to affect my money, 
then I will back <laughs> off and and heed to story. But I, he is so much. He's so much Tony Stark. Oh, a hundred percent in this one. One hundred percent in this one. Um, is he is Tony Stark and all over that screen. Everything he does like, from that man is playing Galaga, and. Not in the script. No. Improvised line. And exactly. Then to the point that Joss Whedon said, hey, we need to throw a quick shot of a man playing Galaga. Playing Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. How fucking brilliant is that, Joss Whedon? Doth mother know thou wearest her drapes? Improvised. Also improvised. The whole let's not come in tomorrow speech? Improvised. Improvised. The shawarma. Shawarma. He didn't like how it was written. And you said, hey, I gotta, I gotta make this thing fun. Funny. And me, Robert Downey Jr. Speaking of shawarma. Yeah. Sales of shawarma Through after this movie went nuts jeez like actual people who sell shawarma were like yeah our sales easily went up 80 <laughs> percent all right it's kind of like raised pizza yeah of, hey our phone number's on a helmet in a movie <laughs> neat but like world oh no okay countrywide fair enough shawarma sales through the roof people were like i need to i need to have some of this shawarma the shawarma this shawarma thing is the second post credit scene right yeah they How actually fucking wild is that they filmed it after the premiere yeah. Like the day after the premiere. So all these people who are talking about like, oh, X-Men can't be in it because the rights weren't done when they finished filming. They could keep filming right up until right before it goes out. Camera doesn't have to stop. Exactly. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, Steve Rogers had already taken his part in- um, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. He had the, uh, the beard and the shit and the buzz cut. So he had on a wig and a prosthetic jaw. So he's not even eating in the scene. No, he's, he had to put his fist up to his mouth so they exactly. couldn't see what he's doing. <laughs> Amazing. How great is that? I love it. There's two characters in this movie who I think, hear me out. Okay. Who I think are the bread and butter of this thing. Who is it? It's Hawkeye and Black Widow. Okay. Where the I humans. Think the humans. Well, I mean, Tony Stark's kind of human too. Yeah, so is in a lot Steve of ways. Rogers. In, in, he's sort of human. He's a meta-human. So is Bruce Banner. Yeah, barely. Bruce Banner openly said he shot himself in the mouth at one point. And, and the, the other guy the spit other it guy out. spit it out. The other guy. That kind of drove me crazy. The other guy? Yeah. All that stuff? He just kept calling it the other guy. I kind of feel like the Infinity Saga arc is about Black Widow. Really? I kind of feel that way. A lot of people are going to say it's Tony Stark. Sure. But Black Widow plays massive parts in everything. And a lot of people say, Black Widow's boring. She doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't need them. She doesn't need them. She's got those, the the thing between the ears. The brains. brains. That's what they call it. Yeah. And she can also kick a ton of ass. Yeah. And in this, I mean, you see when she's interrogating the, what is it, the Russians at the beginning of it? Mm-hmm. And she's got them right where she wants them. And Coulson says, hey, you got to come in. And she says, fuck, I got to. All right. And she <laughs> knocks the hell out of these guys. I, was, I almost had them. Yeah. <laughs> these idiots give me everything. And she's the one who's able to talk down the Hulk at all times. And yeah. Get like the Hulk there. Yeah. But she's also the one who says. In the Battle of New York, at the end of it, of like, hey, these guys are going to keep coming unless we close that. Somebody's got to get up there. We got to get up there and do it. And she's the one who gets up there and does it. And in the future, not to spoil other movies. We did say this was the episode we'd do it. You're right. She's the one who's able to sacrifice herself because she understands what needs to be done. Yeah. She's the OG Tony in a lot of ways. Her and Hawkeye fight over that moment, though. The two humans, the two people who... Right. Uh, who everybody, I can't even say that they're not who, willing to die. Because everybody up to that point said were, were the least important part of the team. Hawkeye's extraordinarily who, important in this entire thing. Absolutely. Hawkeye kicks all the asses. Yeah. And Hawkeye is massively important in the future, too. And all those so, no-look shots? Huh. 
Oh, they're so cool. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. He actually trained with Olympic archers. He's ambidextrous when it comes to shooting because apparently right. in Thor, he was shooting left-handed. In mm -hmm. this, he's shooting right-handed. Mm -hmm. How badass is Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye? I want to give love to Hawkeye and Black Widow because no one else will. Oh, yeah. They're, they're totally underappreciated. Million percent. And Black Widow's the one who saves the fucking day in this thing. Yeah. Time and time again. Not even just at the end where she's able to close the portal using Loki's scepter. Right. The entire movie, she's the driving force behind it all. Hmm. And in the Battle of New York, Hawkeye is the one who's always right in it with everyone. He's, oh, yeah. He can't fly away. He can't leave. Right. right. I'm an arrow boy. I have to shoot arrows at people. And he's the first one who attacks, yeah. by the way, in the Battle of New York. How he shoots that one arrow that shoots the other arrows out of it, the little things and knocks oh. him off. Fucking Hawkeye, man. Phenomenal. Kicks Phenomenal. ass. I got to give them some love. I have to because no deserved. one else will. It's absolutely and deserved. They're so, 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 so good. They're the unsung heroes of the Avengers. Completely. They weren't sure if Scarlett Johansson was going to be available. So they, the original script actually included the Wasp, which, of course, eventually got cut. Sure. Because they didn't want to introduce the Wasp before the standalone Ant-Man Ant-Man as well because Hank Pym was an original Avenger. Right. But Hank Pym was never really in their plans, I don't think. I don't think so. He was always Scott Lang. Rhodey was almost in the movie, too. Almost. 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 He almost got a post-credit scene. <laughs> How many post-credit scenes is too many post-credit scenes? Well, when you figure one of them, I think it was originally just going to be the Thanos, and they moved yeah. that to a mid-credit scene so they could do the shawarma scene. Um, Hysterical. Just just <laughs> great. Just um, comedy yeah, gold. Rhodey was supposed to show up after the battle and be like, ah. Ah. I missed it. Ah. That's it. All right. That's the whole thing. Even though he's not too far away. How long did the Battle of New York take? That's a good question. It seems like it's kind of open and shut. It does, but it also, it gets darker while it happens. Does it? Like a cloud? Because it didn't get nighttime dark. It almost got nighttime dark. Well, no, no, it didn't. It didn't really. No, no, it didn't. So it makes me think, like, okay, so Battle New York is the whole climax of this movie. Yeah. Where Loki is going to send all the Chitauri? Yeah, you got it. He did it. He's going to send all these, these bad fellas at New York, which is fascinating itself. Yeah. While they're there, the Avengers are going to get there. They're all going to assemble, and they're going <laughs> to they're going to fight the baddies. But the baddies seem to want to dive into office buildings and just start randomly shooting as well. Yeah, how many died in the Battle of New York? That's a good question. I think I saw the official body count at something like 113, including Shatari, and that seems low. That seems extraordinarily low for the amount of damage it's getting. Done. Very low. But at the same time, why didn't these Shatari, you know, spread out? Were they trying to fight the Avengers this entire time? Or were they just trying to, like, Grand Central, that's our new base. I don't know. It's all Grand Central Station, that whole area. Oh, yeah. That's it. And I know that the location manager on this thing had a fucking, oh, my God. He, Tell me more. He pulled off a <laughs> miracle on this movie of all the stuff that you see of New York is almost entirely manufactured. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's entirely done in CGI from well, yeah, cause you can't shoot Industrial Light in New and Magic. York. You can, it's going to cost you a ton. That's going to be a lot, but also they have a lot of rules about where you can fly helicopters and all that kind of thing. Right. So what they did is all the buildings you see there, the fucking brilliant location manager went around and made deals for likeness rights for the buildings. You have to get likeness rights on a building? Uh, now, here's one thing I have never been able to confirm, but I've heard it a million times. I used to work in locations in New York, mm -hmm. and one of the things I heard is that you cannot have the Empire State Building as the focal point of your shot. 
Really? Without having likeness rights to it. I guess that makes sense. And I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard it. I guess it makes sense, especially for iconic buildings. I could see that being the case. Would you consider the MetLife building iconic? Because it's fucking gone it's... in here because it's Avengers Tower. Actually, Stark they, Tower. they leave the bottom as MetLife. It makes sense, too, because you need to have and something to build off. build on top but of it. But what they did was they got all the likeness rights to all these buildings. And what they did was what's called plating shots. And these plating shots is when you go around and you just take pictures mm-hmm. where you're going to set up pictures. I mean, let's say you set up anywhere in a room, you're sitting in the middle of the room and you go left to right, just taking individual photos so you can capture an entire thing. Like a panorama but, shot on an iPhone. But it's individualized. So you get the most detail out of it that you can. Okay. And when you do that, then you're going to move to the next spot in order to get a different view of it in order to build a three-dimensional kind of construction of whatever building you want to recreate. Makes sense. From there, you get to plug in that into the CGI with the actors in front of it in the foreground, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But he did, I think it was like 10 city blocks or something. That's a half mile worth of buildings. That's insane. That is incredible. I can't even imagine the budget for that in order to get likeness rights because obviously everyone wants to make their buck. Well, obviously. But but he wow. worked on it for like a year and a half or something insane like that in order to pull this off. That's crazy. Didn't he also, I, I want to say he worked on Captain America First Avenger also? I think so. Busy guy. I would say. But how cool is that? That like that's... They they shot a little bit in New York. Yeah. They shot on the viaduct that's outside of, of Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. And it's the icon. It's the shot. Right. It's the shot. But a lot of that stuff is just green screened in in order to make it look cool. Yeah. And done well. It's done extraordinarily well. So well. But it makes me feel like New York, it's New York. Oh. Let's. We cannot hide that it's New more York. More than but almost it, any other movie we've seen so far. I would say a billion times more than any movie. Yeah. Any movie. But I it mean, still made it feel small in a lot of ways because they kept it to small. Those, those, those city blocks. Those yeah. city blocks right outside of Grand Central, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But they also shot in Grand Central. Like, they crashed the Hulk into Grand fucking Central. Right. How cool is that? And the Leviathans, the giant flying worms or oh whatever they God, are. Oh, my God, man. On a production standpoint, that's Unreal. incredible. Huh. That's stuff I nerd out about. Oh, God, I didn't Ah. notice I said what I said. I feel bad for saying what I said. (laughs) Puns are okay, Dave. Nope. Puns are okay. Do not embrace. I have a weird question for you. Okay. I might have a weird answer. Phase two. Phase two. This movie talks about phase two openly. They bring it up twice, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Where they say, what's phase two? What's phase two? Yeah. Do you think that's the movie talking or do you think that's the producers talking? Oh, I think it's a big old wink. Okay. Yeah. I think it's very cool. But they do a lot to set up the movies in phase two. They really do. Which is impressive for such an A to B movie. Yeah. And one that they were like, we'll see what the, how this does. We're not sure. They set up three other movies. Well, I'm, I mean, you say you're not sure. This is a $220 million movie and it makes $207 million opening weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to do okay. Yeah. I think it's going to do all right. Yeah. Well, you don't know that before it drops, though. It did over a bill. Yeah. It did a $1.5 billy. It's a, a big boy movie. Oh, one, it's yes. At the time, the biggest superhero movie ever. And the biggest non-James Cameron directed movie. That says something. Imagine <laughs> they had Zoe Saldana in this thing. Would have done it. She's the key. Would have done I it. I stand by it. She's the key. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, when they're arguing on the bridge of the helicarrier or wherever they are, I don't know what room it is specifically. The lab? Are they in the lab? I don't know. Who cares? Yep. Steve asks Tony, who are you without the armor? 
which is a huge thread of Iron Man 3. Yeah. Fury chastises Thor about foreign species. Oh, you're talking about the argument. Yeah. That argument seems incredible. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. Fury is chastising Thor about foreign species going to his planet to blow stuff up, which happens in the Dark World. And then uh, I think the biggest one was when Bruce asked Natasha if Captain America is a threat to watch, and she says we all are, which pretty much sets up Winter Soldier and eventually Civil War. It does, but at the same time, Steve is calling out Tony saying, you're never going to be the one to sacrifice. Right. Which? Which he does in every Avengers movie. Eventually, but not in this one. He sort of does in this one. He's, it seems very controlled when he takes the nuke. Yeah. It seems very controlled. Yeah. But both Jarvis and I want to say Cap says, if you do this, you're not coming back. And he says, I know. And then he, of course, makes it back because movies. So Jarvis and Cap would be just wrong. Yeah. Which means he knows the entire time that he's coming back because he's Tony Stark and he knows everything. But he easily could have not made it back. Cap, That's fair. Cap was the one who told Nat to hold it open for a little while longer. He yeah. just barely made it through the opening. Yeah. He almost didn't land. No, but a Hulk. Hulk catch. A Hulk. Hulk which, catch! Which at what, what point can you rely on the Hulk to do something like that? That's the crazy thing about the Hulk, though, is what is this Hulk? What is this Hulk? I don't know. Maybe, I still don't know. Maybe he just needed friends. I know this thing's all over the place, and we're discussing this, but it, it kind of feels appropriate to kind of have just a yeah. stream of consciousness talking about this. Like, yeah, but. because it's... It's too much to take in linearly. Yeah. And plus, everybody's seen the movie. Let's talk about something that it's, it's extremely important. Okay. It's Phil motherfucking Coulson. Phil motherfucking Coulson. Is he the best part of this movie? I I don't know. Or do you think it's... Do you think... Okay, here's my real question. Is he the best part of this movie, or is it forced on us that he's the best part of this movie? It's a little forced. Because he does... Oh, God, it's fucking adorable how he's talking about his love for Captain America. And when he meets oh, Captain yeah. America, it's just like a little kid meeting his hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's great. I love it so much. It was all the trading cards, the vintage trading cards took him like two it's, years to collect. It took me like three to four years to not collect a, all of them. Not a long time to collect things. No. Not a long time. No. Not like a lifetime. I mean, you got to figure he's making decent money. It should be eBay. <laughs> Phil Coulson, eBay. You should be fine. I wonder what his rating is. But a lot of people say he's the glue to everything that's happened so far. We see him in Thor. He pops up, yeah. We see him in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Did we see him in Iron Man? Yeah. Did we? Yep. Where? He kept showing up and trying to schedule a meeting with Tony. In Iron Man, you're right. You yeah. are right. Did we see him in Incredible Hulk? I don't think so. I don't think so. We didn't see any. We saw Luke Ferrigno in right. Incredible Hulk. It was, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> and Martin Starr. He might be coming back. He is. That's cool. That's so cool. He, I mean, he's- He's in Far From Home. Far From Home. He was in Homecoming. Right. That's so cool. He's Peter's teacher, which is weird because isn't Peter in a different grade now? Why is he still? I guess class advisor. I don't something know, man. Like that. High school's weird. I don't know. I don't know how high school Magic works. school bus. Miss I don't Libby know how teachers work. Taught for forever. I don't know. Same class. For forever. I don't know how school works and fictional <laughs> things. <laughs> I do know that Coulson was almost the reason this movie got rated R. With the stab? With the stab. Yeah. You can't really, you're not allowed to show that in a PG-13 they movie. They still showed it. They did. Um... But they didn't actually show the whole penetration. The Loki, the Loki killing the yeah. Coulson. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the thing where Nick Fury takes the trading cards? Manipulative. Does but he bloody them up? Because they were he. What blood is he using? Because he bloodies them up and then and he's using Coulson. And then Maria Hill, blood. Maria Hill comes up and says, "Like those were in his fucking locker." We're, like she should have questioned, "Like right. where'd, you, where'd you get the blood? That's weird. That's weird even for you." Yeah. <laughs> What's your play here, Fury? I don't know, man. But it works. Yeah. It works. How do you feel about Captain America's 
outfit, his suit. Not good. It's not good. I don't like it. Even framed as as a fanboy's dream, as Coulson, de- Coulson designed it. Yeah, Coulson said he had a part in it. I still don't think it's good. No. But I don't think Captain America's outfit can be good. But here's the thing. Yeah. It's generally received as the worst of all of them. I the buy one it. from this movie. I can buy it. It's also the one that's shown up the most. Yeah, and I feel like that's where tradition kind of unfortunately yeah. steps in. I mean, between Avengers and then it showed up again in Dark World. Okay. Uh, and then Spider-Man Homecoming and then, of course, Endgame. So, tradition. That's all I got for the argument there. Makes is, sense. It's one of those things of, hey, this is the traditional Captain America uniform here, the outfit, and we're going to roll with it. Ugh. Is it traditional? It kind of looks traditional. I feel like the Endgame one was the closest one to the traditional with the, the scales and everything. Um, I could buy that. It's a, I mean, Marvel's known for not having textured characters, though. Yeah. Where it comes to, I mean, the artist will openly admit to it. You, you look at anything from like Steve Ditko or or Jack the King Kirby or anyone, any one of them, any one of the Ramitas, <laughs> the John Ramitas, <laughs> Senior, Junior, doesn't matter. Where they like having their characters in the spandex. Because it's easier to draw. Sure. Where you don't have to shade as much. You don't have to worry about textures as much. It's one of those things, I feel like, where I, this is I the guess. classic Captain America. And I understand that this isn't, I mean, Captain America was around in World War II, and then he came back after JFK got shot. And that's kind of where Stan Lee and Jack Kirby said, hey, the star boy, let's bring him back. Yeah. So it's one of those things of, uh, it's traditional, where this is a simple suit. There's nothing to this thing. Oh, yeah. It's very simple. Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. And it's, it's very boring. It's too bright. I agree. I I think the first Avenger one kicks all the asses. Absolutely. I think the saturation on this one needs to be pulled back a little bit. I do want to talk about one costume that kicks all the asses. Who's that? Loki. Loki. I love it. I love it lots. I love how they have the transition between like him in normal suit with a scarf to- Pretty badass. Yeah, to the Asgardian yeah. costume with the horns with, and stuff like that. You got to have the horns. He's he is boy. the big bad. He is the big bad. Oh, absolutely. But it's like a not- it's like a hidden big bad is in it? this thing. It sort of is because he's clearly working with the Chitori. Right. But Chitauri. the Chitori, oh, the, yeah, the, those fellas, they're <laughs> they're weird in this thing because it's one of those of like, what's the real threat? The threat in, in this movie is built up to be Loki. Loki. Right. But, but it's Chitori like is. Loki's just after the Tesseract, isn't he? Maybe. But it's. Yeah. I and that's one of my issues with the whole movie is what's the motivation? What of is Dylan? Loki's motivation? And I don't know. Because, yeah, he is after the Tesseract. He is after his, I want all humans to kneel to me. Does he just get sidetracked when he gets down there and gets cocky? Maybe. Be- wants, it's possible. Wants to be king again because he, that's kind of his thing? That is kind of his thing. But at the same time, he also knows that there's a blonde boy named Thor who's right. down there kick his ass yeah, real fast. Real fast. Uh, I think Loki's the most interesting character in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. The whole thing? The entire thing. All of it. All of it. He's the ultimate wild card for first, like... That's true. You never know his motivation. never... Well, his motivation's for him, but sometimes it's not. Right. And I think that kind of throws it all into his skew anytime he's doing anything at all. You never know what team he's on. You never know what team he's on. Because sometimes he's like, brother. And Thor's like, brother. And he's like, by the way, fuck you. And Thor's like, fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes he's like, Loki, Odinson. And then sometimes he's like... He's my stepbrother. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like the rightful king of Jotunheim. Right. Right. But in what this you... thing, what what is Loki doing? What is he after? What is he trying to accomplish in this thing? I mean, one would assume, based on 
movies that came after that he's after the space stone for Thanos. One would assume. But, but there's no, yeah. there's nothing in the movie that says that. Right. And who's he working for? The, the other is what they call this villain. They exactly. just call him the other. He shows up, what, two times? Right. And it's just a weird Chitauri just a talkie weird, guy. Nothing, yeah. There's nothing to it. A talkie Chitauri. But do you think that he would have fucked over this talkie Chitauri? Because I fully believe oh, absolutely. Loki's just going to fuck over everybody because he's the god of chaos. He right. wants to right. just cre- create, he wants to watch the world burn. Basically. That's all it is. And that scepter that he has with the Mind Stone in it was, I, I would assume it was given to him by either the Taki Shatari or if it was Thanos. I think he wants to hang on to that too. You think? I don't see him giving back these two Infinity Stones, just handing them over to somebody else. No, and it's strange because what is Loki? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. And the fact is, is that he's cool as all hell. A misunderstood I boy. love Loki because even when you think you understand him, the Avengers are breaking down his plan of saying, motherfucker wants to be in this jail cell in this thing because he understands, right. hey, if I'm in here, if I piss you guys off enough, you're going to unleash the Hulk. And I'm I'm safe in here. Yeah. Also, I'm now in here. It gives me the ability to fuck with your, your brains and all that stuff and uh, eventually go with my ultimate plan. He's in it for the end game. Yeah. The entire time. He's not in it for, he's never about the right now. He's never about short term. He's always about What's what's next? Oh yeah, what's next? He's what's always next? he's always conniving. He's he always got something up his sleeve. Steps ahead, and even the fact when Black Widow breaks him and says like, "I know his plan," he goes, "Yeah, okay. fuck it, it's still gonna happen." Like I know what right. I'm doing. Right. It's still going, and it still does happen. It does. And you see that little smirk that just we already got Tom a Hawkeye. Hiddleston. Tom is Hiddleston. on another level most of the time. I mean, wow, this guy. Whew. Yeah, no, he's fucking phenomenal in this he's, movie, and he's acting. Proper acting. Proper acting. Yeah, he's fucking terrific. That scene where he takes over the art gallery, is that oh, what it was? Something like that. I don't know. It was Germany. That's right. That's all I got. But it, and he had a little eye poker machine, which was terrifying. How and wild awesome. is it that all right, so he takes over Hawkeye. He he makes Hawkeye all right. all brainwashed. Well, the mind stone, he, he does a little Hawkeye recognizes that they need an eye in order to get into whatever facility they need to get into. Yeah. Fine. Loki is the one who does the dirty work. Hmm. Think about that for a second. Because hmm. Hawkeye just had to stand there with a fucking scanner over the, the entrance. And right. Loki was the one who went in and took the eye. That's a good point. Think about that. I'm thinking about it. What Loki, what's, what are you after, bud? I think Loki took the part that he thought would be more fun. I can buy that. I can completely buy that. Yeah. Because, That's because awesome. what did Hawkeye do after he, he got the eye and went into the... Walked in a door. Yeah. And that was it. What was in the door? I don't know. Neat. <laughs> he had to go somewhere to do a thing. Yeah. We know that. Got to get through a door. Need an eye? Got an eye? Go through the door. Bam. Problem solved. You're welcome, movie. Yep. <laughs> I definitely think Loki had the more fun part. But even even the thing oh, is- Also, Loki, yeah, yeah. after that, Loki wanted to get captured, and he knew if he made it, he was there for the public display, that somebody would show up to stop him. You're right. You're completely right. And- uh, Man, just a villain that's able to think that far ahead. Yeah. I love, like, all right, look at the other big bads in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Who do you got? Yeah, Thanos. He's a, he's the ultimate big bad. The biggest of bads. Yeah. And his plan goes according to plan. Yeah, until it. Until. Actually, no. It goes according it to goes plan according all the to way. plan the entire way. Yeah. Literally, one out of 14 million ways would stop him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 
And it goes according to plan. And then there's this one past Thanos whose plan doesn't quite go the way he wants it to. Right. Other big bads. Ronan? Barely. I wouldn't even say Ronan. No? I would say your other big bads are kind of each other. Each other? Yeah. Because when you look at something like our Ant-Man. Oh, like you got, uh, Civil War? I'm thinking exactly the Civil War. Okay. But I'm also thinking of Winter Soldier, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of have, uh, I don't know, the threats aren't nearly as big as the ultimate god of chaos as or the right. fucking mad titan, the mad titan or anything like that so ultron ah, i didn't even consider him okay then didn't, didn't think about it okay. that shows how little i think of ultron wow i need to watch the movie again yeah it'll come up eventually eventually loki kicks ass man loki's great i'm a huge fan there's a reason that he's a fan favorite as both of, on the villain side and the hero side because he, pe- does, he does yeah. it above a lot of people think that he reinvented the superhero villain like Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki and Loki itself as the character, where a lot of people think that I could you, buy you that. haven't seen that since. I mean, he, even Heath Ledger, yeah. maybe if you go Batman or something like that, of that character openly says, like, some people just want to watch the world burn. Sure. Fine. What was that character's endgame of it all? He wanted to literally put the world into chaos with the boats and yeah. all that fun stuff yeah. in Dark Knight. With this one, I don't think Loki has an endgame. I think his end game is continue. Yeah. Just keep on keep on, on going and just see how long I can drag him on. And eventually, I'm not going to fucking die. I'm fucking Loki. Yeah. I'm great. Yeah. He does want to be king, though. I mean, he has this need for power and acceptance. King of what? Asgard, mostly. Yeah, but uh, I mean, no one's going to accept him there. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you know what's neat about Loki? What? When he's in that helicarrier, they have that infrared image. Could that helicarrier fly, by the way? I don't know. Was it just hovering or was it moving around? I don't know. I know that was one of the big things with like Joss Whedon of like, how can we make this helicarrier believable of like, all right, we have these four kind of turbines. I feel like powering this giant structure. If that's and, a thing yeah. that could work, it would exist. Well, I found an entire article called Could the Shield Helicarrier Fly? And it's on Wired and it breaks down a ton of mathematical formulas and stuff like that. Sure. No. Yeah, that's... <laughs> the answer is no. That's what After I After reading a lot, it's no. So... That's funny. It makes me think. Yeah. That was like a big issue with them. Because the old one is kind of like very bulbous on the bottom. There's a big glass opening, but it, yeah. how could it fly? It can't. But it looks awesome. Yeah. So there's that. And this cell that Loki's in has an infrared image, and he shows up all, all blue because he's a frost He's giant. a frost man. Yeah. That's that's attention to Frosty detail right there. Attention to detail. I like that a lot. Because Joss was handed this movie that's an amalgamation of different people's stories. Right. Uh, he actually said himself, he's like, I had Favreau, I had Brana, I had Johnston, and I had to sort of all put them together, and that's exactly what Avengers is. It's kind of what the Marvel style is. It's intimacy, the humor, the epic quality, letting all those breathe the same air. That's the gig. I can fully get behind that. I know yeah. Favreau was an executive producer on this thing. Right. He was, and he said, I'm not directing it, but I'm going to have a say in it. Yeah. He was originally approached to direct, and he was like, no, thanks. I think that's the right, the right call. I yeah. think he's too close or, to one character in yeah. order to make that decision. Right. I think that's I think such we would a have smart ended up move. With, we would have ended up with the, the Tony's version where, where he's the lead, and that's, it's all through his that's lens. That's very possible. But I feel like you needed someone from the outside in order to pull all these people together. And I think right. Joss Whedon is damn good choice. Yeah. And he also said... He said, it makes no sense. It's ridiculous. There's a Thunder God. There's a green id giant rage monster. There's Captain America from the 40s. There's Tony Stark, who definitely doesn't get along with anybody. Ultimately, these people don't belong together, and the whole movie is about finding yourself from community. 
and finding that you not only belong together, but you need each other very much. Obviously, this will be expressed through punching, but it'll be the heart of the film. So they kind of went with the Dawn of the Dead formula. That's what it sounds like. Where you like. have a mall like a, and you need a community within that. You need the mall survive. community. All right. I'm behind you. I still see the themes more of a chaos first order. It, it took the Avengers assembling and knowing their places in order to defeat the chaos. That is Loki. They did have to figure out their And places. also controlling the chaos, yeah. that's the Hulk, because he was a huge wild card. No one had knew to what you were going to get out of him. And also, I mean, at the same time, the Avengers have a leader. Yeah. And it is Steve Rogers. Yeah. As much as Tony Stark doesn't want as to much say as, it. Yeah, as much as Tony wants to be the leader. It's not. But he's still, I mean, they have that scene where they all come together. He says, Cap, call it. Which I think is. And he lends the reins. And it's one the turning the, point of the movie. The biggest, one of the biggest points in Tony's entire arc. Yeah. Is him handing the reins over to Cap. That's right. And I, I mean, this is a weird movie in terms of character development in general. Because Tony, we've seen the Tony that we know. and Right. And. That you some of don't us like love, so some much. of us don't love. <laughs> uh, up until this point, and we finally see a sacrifice out of Tony, where yeah. he takes the nuke, yeah. yada, yada. We still see Goody Two Shows Steve Rogers, where nothing is really leading us in any other direction. Of, yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. I think his his arc here is more adjusting to modern day than it is. Are you referring to the, the thing where he says, oh, I got that reference? Like I that love, one of those I love quick that. Lines and and that is like that? probably the most quotable line of the movie. But that's It's up there. And it just reminded me of Austin Powers, to tell you the truth. Oh, really? I'm like, Mama Cass died. Ham sandwich. <laughs> right. Ham like sandwich. That type of thing. I'm like, I'm still learning about the future, even though I've been around yeah. now presumably a decent amount of time. I don't know. Is it presumably a decent amount of time? I don't know. I don't know how much time passes between any of the discoveries well, of these we characters. We all know that time doesn't matter in superhero movies. Never will. <laughs> Never does. Never will. Except for when they start traveling through it. And even then, it doesn't seem like it nope. And even then, we, we will have issues with it. <laughs> uh, here's a fun fact. Yeah. From the time that missile is launched to where it explodes, the pilot on the- The jet? On the jet says, call. he calls detonation in two minutes and 30 seconds. And in the movie- Two minutes and 30 seconds pass before it goes off. Man, that's smart. That's just... And then they Independence Day that fucker and throw it right up yep. <laughs> into the mothership yep. of the Chitori. Yeah, that's convenient as all hell. Isn't it? But what are you going to do? How do you take the stakes of an alien invasion and up it? Independence you, Day. You launch a nuke at Of course. Manhattan. And you have Jeff Goldblum's pro- saying, must, must go faster, must go faster. Something like that. Something I think like that? Life finds a way. I... <laughs> <laughs> and Tony Stark seeing the Chitauri coming through the giant portal saying, Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uh then he turns into Brundlefly? Yep. I'm trying to just combine as many Jeff Goldblums. No, that's as totally possible. Fine. And then he's got that blue lip and he's got the Hulk and the Thor. Ragnarok. Uh, style? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Overall, Brian, what do you think of this movie? I mean, I fucking love this movie. Come on. What's not to love? Yeah. Damn near perfect. It's great. And this is the first time I had issues with it. Okay. As I've told you, a lot of this stuff felt forced and it felt weirdly nostalgic and it didn't need to, but it seems so A to B that there's no surprises to it. Was it forced in context to the rest of the universe? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. So are you saying they went back in time and forced it? No, I don't think this movie holds up (laughs) as well in the entire Infinity Saga. I think you're right. As it did. I think... When I first saw it, I was just mind blown. Everything about yeah. this movie was yeah, just absolutely. incredible. But now when you look at it, you're like, cool. This movie is one of the ones okay. that holds up the least, I think. I think you're absolutely right. 
which is crazy. Yeah, because a lot of these set pieces are fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah, but, but a lot of overall, the other movies have aged so well with the rest of the saga. Yeah, this one hasn't. Yeah. And that's kind of wild to me because of how much I love this movie and how perfect I think this movie is because mm. it is so perfect. It really Just keep keep saying it, Dave. I like hearing. I can't it. keep saying fight it's it. perfect. I won't fight it. If any, there's nothing I'm honest about how I feel about stuff, but it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up as well. I should okay, say. Okay, I was going to say it does hold up. It's a bit of a, a crawl through the two and a half hours. It's a bit of a crawl at points. Yeah, that's true. Definitely, it still moved. Yeah, but there's parts that are there's nothing happening yeah. where things oh, yeah, are going to yeah. move. Where you just have your crazy action scenes of Thor. F- Dragging Loki off of an airplane in order to fight him for whatever reason, even though you have this entire file on all these Avengers and whatnot. You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. Why are you going against each other at any point? It doesn't does, make sense. Does Thor have any of that? I don't think Thor has it. I don't know that. if Thor has it or not. Because but, Thor wasn't there. But we see the Avengers initiative is all built into all this stuff. And yeah, it's one of those things of like, it's just a dick measuring competition. Well, I mean, part. makes sense. That's you, it. You get a bunch of superheroes together. What do you think they're going to do? Measure each other's dicks. That's why you need a Black Widow in order to put them all in their fucking place. Yeah, it makes sense. But it, it just, I don't know. It all seems silly at this point. With just these characters, it seems a little bit, a little bit silly. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't get silly from it. I'm not talking silly in the Timothy Allen dick. Right. Running no, 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 at no. full speed and Looney Tunes <laughs> and tripping bonk, and all bonk, that bonk, <laughs> I'm talking silly in the sense that we have a bigger plan for all of this. Mm-hmm. And this just seems like we need to lay down a solid foundation, but we need to kind of force a foundation in order to lay. Like they're checking boxes? Uh, I would. I don't want to call it checking bo- boxes Okay. so much because if it were checking boxes, it would kind of be a lot like the lead up to this movie. Okay. Where it seems like a lot of the stuff leading up to this movie was like Incredible Hulk. Check. Yeah. Iron Man, we need to somehow, Iron Man 2, we need to build a universe. Check. Oh, Iron Man 2 was a, yeah. This felt like it realized that it checked the boxes already and needed to lay the foundation down in order to build upon it. Mm -hmm. And this is that. It is the foundation that was thrown here and it needed to do something in order to push it along. And where did it end up at the end of it? All the characters ended up being in other places of, of even Maria Hill says like, oh, now they're all scattered throughout the fucking universe or whatever it is yeah how are we gonna get them back oh they'll know they'll oh, come they'll, back they'll come back because the one planet is in danger but well, how will they know yeah, it makes me because we'll need them yeah too. It, nah. makes me feel like this movie is almost meaningless i don't know scheme of things i don't know it's not but it is and i feel like the only thing that gives this movie validation is endgame you think so because infinity war does not give this movie any validation i.e hawkeye well yeah He's an original Avenger. Yeah. And he doesn't show up. Right. At all. Not even for a hot second. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the whole relationship building thing is a big aspect, but then they kind of just throw that out the window when Civil War comes. So I don't know. Right. So what is the point of the Avengers? Mm. Look at you raising questions. What is the point? I don't know. It's fun. I don't know. People love this movie. It's fun. A lot of people love this movie. It made a lot of money. It made a shitload of money. It showed the world you could do it. Let's see how much they can do it. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Go. 92. Nailed it. Oh, really? On the fucking nose. Hey. Jeez. Still got it. And the crazier part is audience score, 92% out of 345 critical reviews. Okay. Audience scores, 1.1 million reviews. 91%. Oh, wow. It's universally adored. It's a great movie. 
I completely agree with you. I would watch it's this thing perfect movie. every day. It might be perfect. I don't know. It feels Maybe. damn near perfect. It feels very good. The New Yorker says, if you are a Marvel fan, then the Avengers will feel like Christmas. Mm -hmm. Thanks to the merry doings of director Joss Whedon, all of your favorite characters are here. As shiny and as tempting as presents under the tree. He <laughs> doubled down on the Christmas. Big time. The Atlantic says, ultimately, it all comes back to Whedon. His clear vision for each character and how they might be profitable intermingled. His expected knack for action choreography. His funny, tender, immaculately constructed script. There's a period at the end of that. And that didn't feel like there should be a period at the yeah, end of that. It didn't feel it like It seemed like he was sentence. making a list of things. Either way. He's putting checks in boxes. Not entirely wrong. No. Out of that, he no, listed things that are are correct. They're there. There. <laughs> Absolutely there. Washington Post says, The performances are so well-pitched in the Avengers, meshing with such vividness and ease that it's tempting to overpraise the good but not great movie that surrounds them. I don't know. That's an interesting one. I don't know. Because I don't know either, and it feels like that's one that maybe could work. Maybe. But... But I it still... makes me think, what do I feel inside that's making it? And you want to see someone who missed? CNN.com said, never underestimate the entertainment value of Hulk Smash. You can't. You can't. You can't Same underestimate time, that. Hell of a lot more to the movie than that. Hulk Smash. Nailed it. <laughs> so much more to the movie than that. Loki. Our good friend, Roger. The Ebs. Roger Ebs. Reebs to the Ebs. Roger Ebert. Give this thing three stars. Three. Out of the four. We think. Out of what may be four stars. <laughs> What's he reserving that five for, really? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> One of the weapons Marvel used in its climb to comic book dominance was a willingness to invent new characters at a dizzying speed. Not entirely wrong there because of what Stan Lee did in the 60s. Yep. Just character, 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 character. Nailed it. That was probably one of their names. Character, character. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. There are so many Marvel universes... Indeed, that some superheroes do not even exist in one another's worlds, providing gridlock. The Avengers, however, do share the same time and space continuum, although in recent years, they've been treated in separate, single superhero movies. One assumes the idle Avengers follow the exploits of the employed ones on the news. Does he think that they're like a, on a contract basis? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sense of anything that you... Red, that didn't make any sense. Nope. Roger Ebert, I think. Especially because yeah. Thor, Iron Man 2, and Incredible Hulk are all supposed to be happening simultaneously. Right. So he's got other movies to watch, man. He's got That's a fair. job to That's do. Fair. He's That's a, fair. He's he, can't, for... he can't know it all. No. Also, he's about to say the word orgasm. Yes. So let's go. Here we go. He's well, finally not saying the word orgasm. He's quoting the word orgasm in his article. Oh. He says, we're going to do the sandwich here. This is the last part. Naturally. Comic-Con nerds will have multiple orgasms, predicts critic David Elstein in New York Magazine, confirming something I had vaguely suspected about them. If he is correct, it's time for desperately needed movies to re-educate nerds in the joys of sex. The Avengers has done well by Joss Whedon with style and energy. It provides its fans with exactly what they desire. Whether it is exactly what they deserve is arguable. Roger Ebert loves sex. He he, he loves superhero sex. He has never wasted a moment to remind us. Never. I feel like maybe Roger's not getting enough. No, well, I don't know. It's about that. I think he just he's he's got a weird fetish that. But that wasn't even about. That wasn't even about superheroes though. That was about the fanboys. Fanboy sex. This is interesting. I don't know. Man. I think I just heard him roll over his grave. I think I heard, physically heard it from here. Yeah. 
<laughs> probably thinking about super sex. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, speaking of super things, super stuff. We can do that. Let's do that. Let's start this super stuff score off as we always do with setting. One. It's a one. It's, that's a hard there's one. Too. Never been more New York. Holy shit! That's New York, and it's a helicarrier. Yep. And it's a NASA whatever. It's a it's a helicarrier that was so unbelievable that Steve Rogers had to hand a ten over to Nick Fury. Yep. Loved it. Style and tone. I'm leaning one. Me too. And I'm gonna call it a dirty one because I think the style's there, but I think the tone is forced, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. The style. Is it's an amalgamation of existing styles, but right. pulled off well. Right, the, it's really tough to mix different directors' visions. Where you have yeah. someone like a John Favreau or a Louis Leterrier or a Kenneth Branagh, and pull those all together. Very different. And yeah. whoever the hell directed the first Captain America, I don't remember who it was. Uh, Joe Johnston, that guy. Oh right, 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 right. Him, the Howard the Duck uh, plane guy. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy. It's tough to mix director styles, and I think. Joss Whedon kind of pulled all these characters yeah. from those grander ideas together, and it worked very well. So I, I'll go with one. A dirty one. It's a, a dirty, it is a bit of a dirty one. Heroes. It's a one. It's a, definitely a one. It's a hard one. It's, I mean. It's, I'm debating whew. upping it, and I don't want to up it. No, I don't think we should up it. I don't think. Because now we have villains. Loki. Loki. Is, <sighs> I'm debating a one or a one plus. Loki kicks ass, but at the same time, there's a higher power working. There is. And that's what's holding me back from going higher than a one. Yeah. I'll go a one yeah. for sure. Okay. Because Loki in this is phenomenal. He's so good. Hold on. My brakes need to be pumped because I say I'm seeing the future right Pedal now. to the metal. I don't know if I can. Hey, I'm, however you feel in the moment, that's how we do this thing. You're not wrong. Let me... Uh, this beer is... Needs to take another sip. See loop, how you feel after loop these that. gears up. Yeah, because I'll I'm, do the same. I'm getting nervous about this movie. Whenever we get too good of scores, I start getting nervous because then I feel like we're fanboying. But I feel like I've thrown enough negative stuff at this movie that it's not fanboying. It's just sure. gut. Sure. Well, our first four are usually our our lenient categories anyway. Female heroes or One. female characters. One. I made the argument that Black Widow oh, Black kicks Widow every ass kicks in this so movie. much ass. She is. The best part about, well, I'm not going to say the best part of this movie. She's the most important part of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And Maria Hill is pretty excellent, too. She's fantastic. And Pepper Potts is there. Pepper Potts is there. She's And for there. the first time she was in a movie, she didn't save the day. Didn't have to. <laughs> Story motivation. It's A to B. And it's told very well. Yeah. A to B. The, yeah. As, as simple. Oh, this is Story. Tricky. It's the motivation. Not, that's not. That's the thing. It's the motivation. Whose motivation? Because I didn't understand Loki's motivation. Right. But everybody, the hero's motivation, I do understand. Everybody else's motivation makes there, sense. Save the day. Save the day. I mean, it's simple, but it's it's there. It's really boring when you break it down that way. But yeah. It's a sad one? Yeah. I'll go, oh, man. I'll go one. Okay. You're kind of giving me the look like you're uneasy about that. Yeah, I, I, it feels like a dirty one. But it's like, really, is it not a one? That's what I want to ask you. I don't see any reason for it. Not to, not be, a to one. be a one. That's my issues. I don't see it not being a one. Does the villain have a motivation? Yeah, he wants to get the throne and he wants to just cause chaos. Yeah. And he's doing it. And he does it exactly. Fully. Yeah. And he's not hiding that that's his goal. And he's kind of working for someone else, but he's also not. Yeah. Because we know he's going to fuck them up over at some point, too. Right. It's Loki. Loki is the fucking best. Classic. And there's got to save the day. Yeah. Music. It's a one. Sylvester crushes it. 
what is happening right now? <laughs> Silvestri does crush it. There's no denying. It's Alan fucking Silvestri. Yeah. Things are happening because now we're going to teamwork and it's a one. God damn it. No. Are we sure it's a one for teamwork? It is a one for teamwork. They all do something and they all do something important. Yeah, but that's the worst part about so it. They're so at odds at the beginning. They are, but they're not when it comes to the moment where they need to not be at odds, where it comes to hero time. And you have your Hawkeye doing shit. Hawkeye's doing a lot of shit. You have your Black Widow who's doing yeah. the most amount of shit. Yeah. Arguably, you have Hulk doing probably third amount of shit. Yeah. Iron Man's doing the fourth amount of shit because he flies a nuke to space. Captain America, your leader, is doing the least amount of shit because he's just throwing a shield at people every now and then. But and he's fighting people one on one. Also directing people on what to do. Leading. Jesus. Motherfucker. This is going to hurt, but one liners. Okay. Dave, I think we might have broken our scale here. I want to be difficult with this one. I know you do, but it's tough. And the thing is about one liners. Like, give me some one liners. I understood that reference. Yeah, I know that one. All right. What else? Uh, we have, um, oh God, there's so many other ones. Why are I, why, as soon as you ask, I was blank. I <laughs> but I had blank. to ask because it's important. I mean, the ones that stand to me are puny God. Puny God which is, is a big fucking one. fucking oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Hulk? Smash. That's a Steve Rogers. That's a Steve Rogers. Sure. I think Shwarma is weirdly huge. Shwarma, yeah. In the MCU. Somehow, Shwarma becomes a, a big thing. God damn it, we did it! Whoa. Whoa. It happened. No, it happened. No, but but we haven't got to the last category yet. We might go over it. What? Impact on the genre. It's a one. Is it just a one? No, it's not just a one, Brian. Impact on the genre. It's more than a fucking one, Brian. Not only did this impact the genre. It crushed the genre. It built the genre. Everything. It impacted. It, the foundation it impacted that built all the, movies and pop culture in general. It The fucking world. It, it created the biggest movie franchise of all time. This is a two. Brian, we have an 11. We just got an 11. Jesus fucking Christ. We just broke our scale. The Avengers is an 11 out I of 10. I knew this would be high. I didn't think it would be this high. And I'm angry that it's this high. And it's fully deserved that it's this high. This is a perfect superhero movie. We did it. Joss fucking Whedon did it. My God. Let's see if he can repeat. He won't. Nope. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He won't. <laughs> Are you okay with that? It's sitting weird with me right now. Because but I never thought we would see a 10. I never thought on our we would scale. see a 9. But I understand we had to substitute parents for teamwork because of the way that right, things Right. Because go. of the way team up movies work. But my God. Holy okay. Shit. You know what? Spinal tap rules, man. Somebody's got to turn it up to 11, and they fucking did, and they, they built the most successful movie franchise of all time. It makes sense. So, yeah, I guess it's deserved. I just got chills. Let me tell you some people who fucking hate this movie. Tell me. They're called the Amazon One Star Reviewers. Oh, I think we need to we need to average this out now with, with <laughs> there some are one stars. Eleven thousand six hundred eighty-two reviews on Amazon. Seventy-four percent of them are five star. Two percent of them, though, are one star. Ah, uh, those two percenters. From November 29th, 2018. Adults only. Ooh. Okay for adults, only due to content only adults will understand. Well, then why wouldn't it be okay for kids if the, only the adults understand it? Beats me. Okay. It's adults only. <laughs> All kids out of the pool. Adults swim. <laughs> How about this for a fucking mess? This is from March 28th, 2019. So I bought this along with Age of Ultron on November 30th. Again, this is March. This is end of March. This is yeah. four months later. To give my girlfriend for Christmas. 
We didn't watch it since we've seen all the Avengers, but today we decided to finally see it to prepare for Endgame. So they're Mm -hmm. seeing it month in advance of Endgame. Fine. As I take Avengers out of its sleeve, I see the case is also an Age of Ultron case. So I bought Avengers and Age of Ultron, but received two Age of Ultrons. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Could you have worse luck? They could both be incredible, Hulk. From July 6, 2016, this one says, I rented an Age of Ultron, and this is what I got. Bullshit! <laughs> you should be happy. Is it's it, a better movie. Is it bullshit? <laughs> no, trust me. You want to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of customer service stuff here where people got cases and nothing was in it. They rented the movie, and they got Age of Ultron. Which wow. makes me like, you rented Age of Ultron. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah, that's that's on you. From June 13th, 2016. Not bad, but I think I'll just stick to X-Men. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Easy there, number one super fan, Steven. Easy there. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon was actually considered one of the early considerations to direct X-Men. And he, uh, he wrote a script and only two lines of it made it into the film. Oh, really? Yeah. What two lines? And it are just... I, I don't two know. Two lines. I don't, just two lines made it in. That's fine. But then uh, I, his movie ended up becoming The Last Stand, so. Oh, well, that's a, it's a fine movie. It's fine. It's a movie. We'll talk about it eventually, maybe. It was maybe. captured on film, and it told a story that was cut together. Yes. Into a, yes. It, it was a feature film. Yes. <laughs> Last one I have here, and this is a weird one, from August 21st, 2015. So how many movies were out at this point? This is only three years after this movie came out. Quite a few. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. It says, with so many Marvel movies that look alike, I can't remember which one this was. <laughs> they had to call it Marvel's The Avengers because of the Ray Fiennes, Uma Thurman, Sean Connery right. joint from, what right. was it, 1998 or something like that? Something 96, like something that. like that. Based on the 61 movie. Of right. The it's extremely famous in the UK. Yeah. Which is why they had to call it Avengers Assemble in the UK. Right. Makes sense. Uh yeah, no, this doesn't look anything like anything we've seen before. I think that would have been right around the time either Age of Ultron or Ant-Man had just come out. So That makes sense. The end of phase two. That completely makes sense, if that's the case. One thing I do want to talk to you about also, might be a good thing to go out on. Toys. Toys. I like toys. There's something called the Watch Group. What they do is every year they put together a top ten list of worst toys. Oh. And they're not in the sense of like, these things suck to play with. It's a sense of like, Hey, these are fucking dangerous as all hell. Like, we probably shouldn't have these for children. In the year 2012, in the consumer group here, number one on the list. I don't know if these are ordered. I think they might be. I don't know. (laughs) Number one on the list was Magnetic Fishing Game. It says the plastic fishing pole uses common twine to attach a small magnetic lure. The brightly colored plastic lure, with whether detached or connected to the approximately nine-inch long cord, poses a choking Hazard. Okay. So they're worried about fishing for children. Yeah. In terms of this one. Yeah. Uh, there's something called a bongo ball that was sold and manufactured by the now defunct Toys R Us. Fine. Huh. There's dart boards. There's an, a helicopter out there. There's just a general water balloon launcher. Something sure. you'll appreciate. Number eight in this list is the Power Rangers Super Samurai Shogun helmet. Oh, no. What's dangerous about manufactured the Shogun Manufactured by helmet? Bandai. Sold at Target. Came on Amazon.com. Oh. The helmet includes a detachable crown with pointed, rigid plastic tips as long as nine inches. 
damn you, pa- plastic pointed bridge. I don't know. And it lets tips. us know that there's there's the potential risk of penetrating impact puncture wounds. Nine inches. Gotta be careful with your Shogun helmet. Number nine is a playful xylophone. Manufactured by Picolino. I don't know what that is. That's a guy. Sold by Magic Beans. Colorful blocks in varying sizes, as fucking, you know, xylophones are. Yeah. That can be arranged and rearranged, allowing children 12 months or older to create their own melodies. You know, like a mutual instrument. Yeah. The detached five-inch wooden drumstick could obstruct a child's airway. How specific is that? That is very specific. Let's get to the point of this thing. Number 10 on the list is the Avengers Gamma Green Smash Fists. It's your Hulk hands. The Hulk hands. Made the list of the worst toys of 2012. What's so dangerous about Hulk hands? The oversized fists are sold to children as young as three years old. There was a three plus label on the toy. No warnings are provided and children are told to smash everything in their way running. The risk of sustaining blunt force injuries. It's a fucking three year old. They're going to smash everything no matter what hands they have on. Yeah. Hey, those Hulk hands. Apparently are the worst, one of the worst toys of 2012 because <laughs> of Smash. They made the top 10 because they encourage kids to smash. Yes. Things that kids would do anyway. Yeah. Speaking of toys, we got an email here from the number one superfan sidekick, Steven. Our little friend. Yeah. He called us. Uh, called us. <laughs> nope. 10, 10 to 20. Left a message. Said. Bob, we had a baby eats a boy. Better pick fast. <laughs> We're not accepting charges. He sent us an email that said. Long-time listener here, just finished up the toyrific episode that was Ninja Turtles. Somewhere in the toy talk, Transformers came up and it jogged my memory. Am I the only one who had Transformers who turned into fucking robot animals? Those were not called Transformers. No, those were Beast Wars. Yes, they were. Optimus Prime was a goddamn gorilla. I believe you're thinking of Optimus Primal, actually. <laughs> uh, there was a rat. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure Bumblebee turned into, you guessed it, a cheetah. Well, that was Cheetor, not Bumblebee. Yep. The 90s were a weird time for animals and cybernetic enhancements. Remember Biker Mice from Mars? Oh, boy, do I. Boy. All right. <laughs> what about street sharks? Solid. Oh, man. I, never I forgot had, all about those. Never had street sharks, but all my favorite people to play with did. Well, you had rich friends, Clark, as we've learned. Shit, son. That is all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Steven, P.S. for Batchelai. As I haven't seen any of the Lego movies, I'd love to review a movie that I don't have a strong childhood tied to that inevitably gets ripped away from me. PPS Mogadishu. <laughs> he got that in there. Oh, he got of course it in. He did. We also got an email from our arch nemesis, the Ginger Skull. Oh, let me sit down for this. Yeah, buckle in, ladies oh, and gentlemen, because it's a boy. long one. All right, go ahead. Ahoy, hoy, Kate Podcasters. God damn it. <laughs> it is I, the devilishly despicable yet deliciously dexterous Ginger Skull, <laughs> with the with the alliteration there. Just a friendly reminder that I am still the reigning, defending, undisputed, worst caped podcast host, as voted consistently by the fans one year in a row. As a quick aside, I'm no longer keeping watch on Vormir. After Captain America returned the Soul Stone, one thing led to another, and well, turns out we bonded over our mutual appreciation of great American asses. (laughs) We're currently taking advantage of Cap's time travel capabilities and visiting the great American asses of the 1950s. Next up, Jack Kerouac. My oh my, I can't wait to get on the road and see that big sir. Solid. Solid. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I just listened to your podcast on the Turtles, who are mutated and have entered into their teenage years. <laughs> Once again, well done, and kudos to your special guest, Sean, from Nerdy Thursday. 
I also applaud you for granting the first 10 out of 10 super stuff score in history. Note, I didn't actually finish the podcast. I'm just assuming you did the right thing. <laughs> Ooh, that one that one smarts uh, a little right spoiler now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, give it a week <laughs> or two. <laughs> I do have some follow-up questions, and here's where we get into it. Yeah. <clears throat> Number one, do the turtles have reproductive organs? Brian is the master of all reproductive organs when it comes to the animal kingdom. What do you think? And it's just ducks. I only know about ducks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> The ginger skull continues, as shown in this link, not clicking on that. No, don't do it. Don't do it. That'll be under history. For For sure, not clicking that. Turtles have nightmarishly large penises that can extend to (laughs) half the length of their entire body. Damn. All right. There is no hiding this fact. Some people think that's a turtle head. It's not. It is a turtle penis. You cannot escape it. Do not try. Also, don't forget that our heroes in a half shell are, in fact, teenagers who, as such, are prone to sudden and unwarranted erections. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dave. <clears throat> I feel like Jim Henson and company really dropped the ball on not exploring this avenue. I'm sure you can all agree. Uh, that's not a question. That's just a nope, statement. That's a... He just wanted to show off that he's the expert in turtle penises, as I am ducks. Yep, he's like the Jack Hanna of being a perv. He's like <laughs> he's like the Brian of turtles. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Number two. Can oh, you... God, we're, there's more? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's six questions in total nope, here. Bang them out then. Number two, can the turtles read? I understand Master Splinter taught them to do the karate, but can they read? Are they educated in any other field other than fighting pizza, 90s lingo, and questionably executed Humphrey Bogart impressions? Don't care. Carry on. Do they have any appreciation of history, mathematics? Do they even know that math is a thing? Novak. He's the the ginger skull. Who cares? Yep. Question three, can the turtles vote? No, they're 15. Yes. He goes on to say Giuliani wasn't married yet, so I think it's a strong maybe. No, they're 15. Nope, not homeless. Doesn't matter. He's not going to wipe off the street. Number four. Do they live in the sewer? It seems... Oh, Yes, we sorry. saw it. Number four, why do they live in a sewer? It seems like early 1990s New York City must have cheaper rent real estate they could have utilized. But they're turtles. Sewer's who's gonna, free. Who's Sewer's free. Rent to That's a turtle? What's cheaper than free? Go right. ahead. Number five, do the turtles use the bathroom? Or do they just defecate as they walk? Come to think of that, perhaps this is why they live in a sewer. Fine. These are ridiculous. Yeah, six, well, he has a lot of time on his hands. Six, why did none of the Foot Clan ever think of using a gun and just shooting the turtles? This seems... This really seems like a no-brainer. Not wrong. That one, I'll, I'll agree with him. Totally that one. buy it. Yep. Anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts. Despicably yours, the Ginger Skull. P.S. Cover Suburban Commandos, you cowards. Why haven't you covered Suburban Commando? This is clearly a mistake. Suburban Commando is better than Green Lantern and Shazam and the New York Islanders and everything else Dave loves. So I've just looked up fun activities for introverts and lonely people. Sure. Because I think that this needs to be addressed because I worry <laughs> about my good friend, the Ginger Skull himself, Dave Novak. Uh, things you could do is take up photography. You can listen to podcasts, which you do. You can get artsy, learn to play an instrument, write, cook or bake, create a YouTube channel, take up a single person athletic activity. He does that. He masturbates nonstop. <laughs> to do turtles. puzzles. He does that. He tries to figure out why he masturbates nonstop. <laughs> he can take an online class travel alone. He's going to do that because he's the ginger skull of fucking Dave Novak. He's traveling with cat. <laughs> Play games, garden, watch movies, do outdoor activities. Doesn't fucking matter. Do something. Get a hobby, please. The Ginger Skull himself, Dave Novak. If you want to send us an absurd email like one of the two above, you can send that to katepodcasters at gmail.com. And we'll be forced to, to do what we just did there <laughs> and entertain well, your wild well, thoughts. A- answer your questions while ridiculing you, most likely. <laughs> More than likely, the ridicule will be there, yeah. Speaking of the Turtles episode, we also had something of a, a super fight 
Well, we had Sean on from Nerdy Thursday, and I do have the results of that. Sure. From our Twitter poll, clearly my pick of Daria Morgendorfer came in last place. As it should. Because, yeah, because obviously it did. You're standing on my neck. Yeah, but also she was standing on Limp Biscuit. Not wrong. A lot of standing. The winner of that, with 50% of the votes, was The Tick. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Which Random ma- draws for the win. Which makes sense because <laughs> Dave yeah. actually does a semi-regular super fight on his Twitter. So he, he might have had something of an advantage there. Uh, but you can follow him at Heavy Handed Hero on Twitter. And you can follow us at Kate Podcasters. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at the same name. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, and all the fun places that you can hear podcasts. really helps us out. And thanks for listening. It's always appreciated. We appreciate everything that you guys do. Every bit of feedback we get, every yeah. minute you waste listening to our stupid voices. Yeah. We always appreciate it. Your so, comments on Facebook are appreciated and all of that. Right. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to go back DC because that's what we do. We bounce back and forth. We we're we're we going to go underwater. Oh. What are we talking about? Finding Nemo. Not, yep. That's it. Finding Nemo. Superhero film about... Albert Brooks looking for his little clownfish son who's not funny. Doesn't tell jokes. Yep, but we're going to instead, it's going to be a Call Drogo from Game of Thrones. Like a... Like a, like a Momoa. Mom- a Jason Momoa. A Momoa. A Momoa. Momoa. I think it's Momoa. We're talking Aquaman. Aquaman. Back to that DCEU. Just hitting the the side ones. Not doing the Batman or Superman nope, yet. not yet. But, we're openly avoiding it. But that Aquaboy, he's coming. Sure will. So we'll see you next week in the fish tank for Aquaman. Aquaman. Same pod time. Same pod channel. So, Brian, that's the Avengers. What do you think happens post-credits? I think your Avengers have Loki accosted. Okay. He's got the the handcuffs on or whatever, and they're going to take him down the elevator. Hulk tries to get on the elevator. They're like, ah, stairs for you, buddy. And he's going to go down the stairs all angry-like. When he gets to the bottom, he's going to swing the door open just in time to see Loki. Puny door. Disappear with with the Tesseract. Uh-oh, what's happening there? Ooh. And then he uh, he's just trying to get away from the people who are trying to get rid of him or whatever. So he just he's not really thinking about where he's going. He's just using the Space Stone to go somewhere else. And he ends up at a Carly Rae Jepsen concert. <laughs> but <laughs> And she's singing her hit song of the summer, Call Me Maybe. Oh, my God. And he goes, nope, and uses the Space Stone to go right back to where he was and lets him arrest him. Okay. You know, whatever works. Whatever works, you know? <laughs> hey, we got to get the timeline back to the way it's supposed to be. Uh, that's uh, what they that they say. Dave, right? what, do you th- what do you think happens? What I think happens is you see the whole gang. They're sitting around a table eating shawarma. Yep. And in comes Jets for Shark style. Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Jace Momoa, Ezra Miller, and Ray Fisher. Okay. And they say, hey, what are you fucks up to? And Robert Town Jr. turns to him and says, 
I'm up to about $623 million in the U.S. box office alone. What are you up to? And Ben Affleck goes, about $229 million. <laughs> Justice League out. Justice League out! <laughs> and then they all got fired except two of them. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs>